I'm Bridget Fettersy, and this is your Dumpster Fire for the week of February 2nd to February 8th. And the unicorn stands while the world burns, world burns, world burns. I'm a mess. Just got off a plane. We're recording. So... Bear with all of this disaster. I'm even more feral and exhausted than usual. We don't even know where to begin this week because the Super Bowl is where we started. And that feels like 10 years ago because of the way the news cycles go. So if you want us to do even more dumpster fires, please subscribe to Phetasy.com. It keeps us independent so we can say whatever the F we want. And it gives us the ability to give more of these to you, dear viewers and it's only five bucks a month pony up you can manage it and if you can't keep enjoying keep enjoying us and tell your friends who can pony up and if you subscribe you get the unedited version of this in which i yell at my dog yell at people in the neighborhood and tell kids to get off my lawn yell at feral parrots adjust my boobs uh, rabid raccoon <laughs> rabid put on deodorant <laughs> put on deodorant and worry that people can see my butt crack here we go we're starting we with so a new category this week Tom in chief. <laughs> Tom Brady. We ready. We ready for Tom Brady trolled the world with his Super Bowl commercial. He led up to this with a very cryptic tweet leading into the Super Bowl about whether or not he was going to retire. And then he had the Hulu commercial. He basically posted a picture of himself on Twitter and it looked like he was walking out or out of a stadium. You couldn't really tell. Uh huh. And then he did the Hulu commercial. They say all good things must come to an end. That the best just know when to walk away. But me? I'm not going anywhere. I mean, what kind of star power is that, though? My friends online were saying everyone in the entire room got quiet when they when his commercial came on. You know, at a Super Bowl party. Yeah. And Tom comes on and everyone's like, silence! <laughs> <laughs> the king is talking. <laughs> we must all listen to his announcement. He, uh implied that he's staying around yeah i'm not going anywhere could you handle seeing him in another uniform i think it'd be weird as hell i don't think i could handle it and neither could edelman because he posted the funniest tweet ever of him as john cusack and say anything <laughs> saying come back tom brady that was amazing that was amazing And then we had Trump congratulates the great state of Kansas on their Super Bowl win. <laughs> we all knew that was coming. What's so funny about that is that he bases his entire entire platform and basically getting drumming up his populist message with those elites on the coast don't know anything about the flyover states. And it's like you don't even know what team that just won the Super Bowl, where that what state they're based in. Uh-huh. It was funny, though. It was funny. He immediately took immediately it down. Immediately deleted. Somebody must have been texting him, like, they're from Missouri. I just would have <laughs> loved to see the background on that. They're from Missouri. Take it down. Take, take it, it down. 
we had the Super Bowl halftime pearl clutching extravaganza. Everybody was so outraged about the halftime show. I was in Baltimore watching it with my aunt and uncle, and my they were hilarious because he just kept <laughs> saying, "Wow, Shakira has excellent hip control." <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best, like, boomer way of saying, damn, she's hot. (laughs) Everybody had their opinions, as they always do about the Super Bowl halftime. It's become one of those cultural flashpoints where I'm more excited to see what everyone's going to be outraged about Uh than what everybody's actually watching. (laughs) They're the bloodthirsty mobs waiting to mob, but I am addicted to everyone else's outrage. Right. And this year it was uh, Shakira and J-Lo gave a halftime show that was too racy. Provocative. Yeah, yeah. provocative for primetime. It's, it's just so funny. To me, it was like my brain exploded because it was so many people's ideologies collapsing in on themselves. Anytime I hear the right-wing crowd talking about family values, I'm like, eh. Yeah. You lost the right to talk about that. Uh-huh. You guys are going to go after J-Lo for grabbing herself by the pussy? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not <laughs> sorry. Especially if you're wearing a red hat and you're like, MAGA. Right. And then on the left, it's funny because they talk all about female empowerment, but then they get mad about the male gaze. Uh-huh. And so I have issues with that whole mentality where they're talking about women are empowered. We can wear whatever we want. Here are our boobs and our bums. But if you look at us, you're a rapist. (laughs) There's a lot of conflicting messages. Even I'm super open. I'm free the nipple, whatever. I am naked online. But when I was watching it, it was weird because they were on the strip pole. And I was like, okay, yeah, like you little girls, you can become a stripper when you grow up or, or, (laughs) you know, strip at the halftime or fake strip. Then they had actual little girls out there singing about girl power, and I'm I was like, eh. If you wanna live your life, live it all the way and don't you waste it. It was interesting to watch the the right wing try and split the hair of, oh yes, you know, the we are the family values people, and then it devolved into that tweet, which was pussy grabbing should be done in private. <laughs> you're yeah. like, you're like, oh, this is where we've landed. Because they'll try and defend anything. <laughs> the same thing happened with the Kansas City. Uh-huh. They're like, well, actually, there is a Kansas City in Kansas. Okay. Whenever anyone's trying to defend anything just re- ridiculous, you're like, you could just say he was wrong. Uh-huh. He kind of admitted it when he took the tweet down. I just was joking about how we're all kind of Romans cheering for guys who are happily getting brain damage for our entertainment. And everyone's on both sides is like, we're arguing about two girls dancing in the middle of this performance. Like, maybe everyone just calm down with the moral outrage. By the way, everyone has agency in this. I think Shakira's worth like $300 million and JLo is worth $350 million. They're fine. And these guys know the risks involved in playing football uh-huh. and are choosing to do this. And I'm choosing to put myself online and get sh- from my hot take so this is the beauty of america (laughs) and then there was the guy the best part that came out of all of it was the pastor who said he was trying to drum up a bunch of people who were gonna get together and have a class action suit because the um super bowl damaged his mortal soul or something like that (laughs) so i turned it off 
Didn't want to let that spirit come into my house. They pumped this into my house. Well, why are they allowed to pump that right into my home? You have to using the word pumped. Oh, God. Pumped it into our living rooms. Pumping their agenda. And then he was trying to talk about how well, I have two very attractive young daughters. Could I take my daughters and go into a local school with them dressed like uh, Jayla was dressed last night? Take them into fourth, fifth, sixth grade class and let my daughter sit down and twerk. And do crotch shots. I'm like, sounds like you want to. <laughs> you can turn it off. Yeah. No one's forcing you to watch us. This isn't like, you're not in prison camp where you're, they just play fuzz yeah. on the screen. You're not in North Korea yeah. where you're being forced to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> Troll in chief. After the impeachment acquittal, Trump trolled back with a video of his campaign going for forever. He just knows it gets them. Uh huh. I was like, the real story here is that Trump is a vampire. <laughs> Don't feel like that got the headlines that it really deserved. Then dumpster fire for president. I mean, Jesus, it's been it's been a week. It's been a year and a week. Sunday was the Super Bowl. Monday was the Iowa caucuses. And boy, was that a dumpster fire. In fact, it was such a dumpster fire, we got all the free advertising in the world from all of the very prominent newscasters who kept saying that it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you, Hannity. Democrats know who to blame for the dumpster fire in Iowa. For those of you who don't understand that caucuses, don't worry, nobody does. Even the people who think they do, don't. And in this past week's case, even less people understood them who thought they did. But they're basically the Super Bowl of the primaries. Campaigns work for a year to get to them. Whoever wins the Iowa caucuses can be propelled with momentum, with funding, with more volunteering. It's just it can be a big moment for your campaign if you if you win Iowa. They said this day would never come. So everybody in the media was waiting for the results. And I was watching this all unfold live. And you could tell there was this moment where it was like you were on a plane. And, and the, there's a ding. <laughs> and the stewardess is like suddenly gets, a, you know, all the color drains from her face. And you're like, there's something wrong. <laughs> By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? And then they started saying it. They're like, something's not right. Why aren't any of the results coming in? It's a very arcane, old folksy way of doing things where it's, it's something that's very simple, but somehow gets more complicated. So you essentially have districts and delegates divided up, and then people go to gymnasiums and get in groups. And then you have to get above 15% to be moved on and and once they count who's in what group for what candidate in the gymnasium and the people who get the 15% or above, they can't change who they came there for. Anyone under can then either regroup around a candidate to push them forward to the second round or can join another candidate. So there's two scores. It's all this crazy, complicated math. It's all volunteers doing it. And it's an insane equation to figure out what percentage of delegates they get. And then they added an app to it to make it even more complicated. And 
the app had all these problems and crashed. <laughs> it was nuts. The best part of the night, I was watching this live and it was just insane to watch live. Wolf is on the phone with uh, somebody reporting. He's on hold basically waiting to give his results because then you could call if the app went down. And so the, he was waiting on hold for an hour. What can you tell us about this delay in getting any results, Sean? Well, Wolf, I have been on hold for over an hour. So, this is a real coincidence, Wolf. I just got off hold just now. So I've got to get off the phone to report the results. All right. Uh, go ahead. Report your results. Can we listen in as you report them, Sean? Yep. All right. Cool. Let's listen. All right. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hello? They hung up on me. It was the best moment. I it know. It was so bananas. Warren and Buttigieg are tied, um, and in order to break that tie, we have to flip a coin. In some of the caucuses, they were trying to figure out who won with a coin toss. <laughs> Why would you think that this process is going to be anything other than a shit show that is completely out of control and then spawns 10,000 million conspiracy theories mm -hmm. in this kind of political climate? <laughs> mm -hmm. You kept thinking, somebody online, and I don't remember who said it, was like a nesting doll of clusterfucks. It was just one <laughs> clusterfuck after another, and the freaking State of the Union was the next day. Mm -hmm. Or that night, I guess. They had years to prepare for this. Get your shit together, Dems. What is your problem? They're like, we need to restore faith in the integrity of our voting and trust in our institutions. <laughs> and I was like... And here we go. Like the Joker. <laughs> but speaking of the State of the Union, <laughs> I just rip all my notes. The State of the Union is whatever. I always have hated it because I think it's like a, just a big show for it. No matter what the administration is, it always just rings so phony to me. And I hate just, it. I hate I the State just, of the Union. Yeah, and this one was particularly like, and you get an award, and you get an award. <laughs> You have cancer. You definitely get an award. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It all feels like political theater to me. And it clearly is based on what happened at the end. Nancy Pelosi, in a moment of true bravery, stunning really, <laughs> ripped up the State of the Union in three different sections at the end. Right after On live done. television. Yeah. <laughs> we live in the dumbest times. Uh -huh. These are children. 80-year-old children. And then there was just that whole TLC should create a new show on people struggling with Trump derangements. Oh, dumb. my gosh. Slash is Trump! Republican! People are in, it's going to get ugly. Yeah. We need to do this every single day. 2020 is going to be nuts. Touch my bells and buttons. Like, subscribe. You're not going to want to miss this dumpster fire because it is, It's. I mean, this one week, if it's any indication, it's going to be bananas. Mm -hmm. I'm very worried about the mental health of a lot of Americans on all, on all sides, on the whole spectrum. Yeah. That one guy who's like, slash all Republicans' throats. And the girl's like, have a nice day. That was the best. <laughs> she was so cheerful about it, too. She was like, have a nice day. It's such like Arizona sorority girl. <laughs> have a nice day. Have a good one. What's next? Proof we're living in a simulation. Could a smart device catch implicit bias in the workplace? This is insane. <gasps>
Yeah. So it's what if a smart device similar to an Amazon Alexa could tell when your boss inadvertently <laughs> left a female colleague out of an important decision or made her feel like her perspective <laughs> wasn't valued? That's so you're going to put this little machine in the middle of meetings. That's what I read. And it's going to be like, Brian, I believe that you are mansplaining to Jessica. <laughs> and then Jessica will be like, how dare you misgender me? <laughs> I'm not binary. And then Brian could be like, you misgendered me too. <laughs> yeah, is Alexa going to know about all the gender neutral, gender binary, pan, trans? The trans thing's really going to throw a wrench in this implicit bias judge or whatever. And that's the point where Alexa's like, all right, it's time for me to take that's over when- because you people are insane. <laughs> that's when Alexa like activates all of the other robot drones and we all get just wiped out. Sprained my eyes. AOC says it's impossible to lift yourself up by your own bootstraps. Literally. Like, how do you literally lift yourself up by your bootstraps? Because it's a physical impossibility to lift yourself up by a bootstrap. It is impossible. You cannot literally lift yourself up by your bootstraps. That is, like, not possible. By your shoelaces, it's physically impossible. The whole thing is a joke. This just cracks me up because AOC, and I was saying this to her on Twitter, I was like, you are a bartender who's now a member of Congress. Like, what are you fucking even talking about? (laughs) You delusional lunatic with no self-awareness. I hate that notion that people can't lift themselves up. So you're telling them that they're victims and they need more government? No, that's not an aspirational message. You should be telling people, yeah, there are social safety nets that we need to fix. We can do a better job with some of the inequality. We can, there are things we need to fix, but that doesn't mean that you can't still, there's still upward mobility. I'm freaking proof of it. And then she uses her own. AOC drives me nuts. For her campaign, she used a literal pair of shoes as her symbol. With holes in them. <laughs> Maybe it's because they didn't have any laces. From canvassing. So they didn't have bootstraps. They zippers. Yeah. <laughs> they were zippers. Yeah, so she was just confused. Uh-huh. You were a bartender. <laughs> like a child of a single. And then her story, she says it would be narcissistic of her on Twitter. She said, I see the right wing, because anyone criticizing her as right wing, is coming after me about my what I said about bootstrapping. And it would be narcissistic of me to act like I didn't have help. Like, no, your story's great. Little children look up to you. You should own that story. What's narcissistic is for you to use that story to get into power. And then once you have power, tell people that it's not possible for them. Uh That's crazy and messed up. Don't do that. It's true. And then she and her boyfriend were having some sort of conversation about race. (laughs) Riley, what has been helpful to you in combating racism? Uh, I think it's helpful and important to talk to other white people. It's funny because she's so woke and such such a promoter of woke, and it makes such weirdly perfect sense that she'd be with, like, a chubby white ginger. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's the only beta male that's going to put up with her shit. Joe Garza had the perfect tweet. No offense at AOC, but your boyfriend seems like he's made of Jezebel.com articles. (laughs) (laughs) it's the perfect description of what's going on right there i feel like it's a hostage video 
He um, also works for her, so it's funny. He kind of has to say whatever she tells him to say. Wow. Like, all right, honey, we're going to do this Instagram live, and you're going to tell everybody how you can fight racism when you're white, okay? And he's like, nah. Never woke enough. Use your language to fight gender bias with gender-neutral expressions. It's from UN women. (laughs) So stupid. And I hate this language policing. Just stop with this nonsense. Who's walking around with this, like, driving them crazy all day? You should slash everyone's throat! (laughs) (laughs) And then Alexa pops, you know, it's like, you should, this is implicit bias. You should not use this word. And then a drone comes and arrests you. Moving on to never woke enough slash canceled because we've got a combo here. A lot of combos this week. Why Barnes and Noble swiftly canceled its diverse book covers for Black History Month. It turns out you can't judge a book by its cover. Because those books were still written by white people. They were calling it literary blackface. And in this case, (laughs) it totally was. Yeah. A series of covers for 12 American classics that reimagine protagonists as people of color. (laughs) (laughs) Basically literary blackface. Because guess what? They were still written by white dudes, usually, in this instance. And about white characters. And about white characters, yeah. Here's an idea. Promote diverse authors. Uh We could do that instead of just changing the cover. And I think they then got dragged for it and promptly canceled. Right. But it was was an example of trying to be so woke that they basically (laughs) bit off their own tail. And then we're like, oh, wait, we completely offended everyone because we were trying to be so woke. How dumb are you, though? Again, is there a person of color in that meeting who's like, excuse me, (laughs) don't really think you're making the point you're trying to make. (laughs) Maybe don't do that. Maybe let's promote people who don't get enough recognition and promotion and voices that aren't normally heard instead of just slapping some some covers on these books we all know. And then we've got also in the never woke enough slash canceled category. Ugh, this should be in spread. This this should be in all of the categories. Yeah. Jamila Jamil was canceled for taking a role from an LGBTQ person on a show. So Jamila Jamil is the actress who's on The Good Place, but she is insanely annoying online. The double agent for the patriarchy is basically just a woman who perhaps unknowingly is still putting the patriarchal narrative out into the world, is still benefiting off, profiting off, and selling a patriarchal narrative to other women. She is so uber woke and always was like talking about body positivity. And she once, you know, paraded the fact that she gave up, I think it was an offer to play a deaf character because she's not deaf. And those, you know, those roles should go to those people. And she got a role as a judge in a ballroom series. And they canceled her immediately. But it was for, it was a series for LGBTQ. uh, It had some sort of LGBTQ. For voguing. For for people that do voguing. voguing. Yeah, but that's a very specific culture. We can trace it back to the Harlem Renaissance of the 1920s. It was a a culture that evolved out of the Harlem drag scene. I, again, I don't like the rules of, on a personal level, I don't like the rules of like actors can't play this because they're not that and you can't write this if you don't know that. So that's me. But if you're playing by those rules and espousing those rules and forcing those rules on everyone else and bragging about how you're following those rules, 
you need to play by those rules yourself. So live by the woke and die by the woke. I saw this kind of unfolding as I started seeing from other people saying, you know, if you have privilege, you should just step aside and let people who can't get those roles into those roles, especially if you're the kind of person who brags about doing that. And so I tweeted to her, I said, you're about to get, you know, eaten by your own ideology. I look forward to your apology and stepping back from the role. I like appreciate your work. She's great in the good place. In a bold move, she comes out swinging and comes out as queer. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> I was shocked. I really was. Somehow manages to make herself a victim. Gave this whole big statement, basically implied that she had been bullied into coming out, bullied by people who were in the community and LGBTQ and people of color who, again, if you're playing by those rules and you're in that intersectional world, like their criticisms were valid. And then she basically was like, and I'm going off Twitter. Bye. <laughs> and this is why our BDE award goes to Jamila Jamil. <laughs> because holy shit, that was crazy. <laughs> I really thought she'd be like, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I was instead it's like capitalism always wins. She was like, actually, I'm queer. Canceled. Was she kind of uncanceled after her announcement? No, now there's like a big debate over it. Mm. Now now some people are like, how dare you? This is bi erasure. I was like, oh, oh my okay. God. So there's a whole intersectional battle going on. Of and they're course. like, this is bi erasure. How dare you erase the queer community? But I'm like, that's a pretty bold move. Yeah. That is some stunning self-preservation right there. Yeah, if you need a master class in manipulating wokeness to your advantage in Hollywood kids, well, you just got it. <laughs> she, she, she should do a whole series. <laughs> in Capitalism Always Wins news, Elizabeth Warren was busted on a private jet. After exiting the jet, she tries to hide behind one of her staffers. That is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it would have been fine if she just gone off the jet and been like, yeah, whatever. But because, that again, this is where the ideology eats you. If you're talking about how it's the world is going to end in 12 years and the planet's on fire and all these things and we should be. And then you're seen getting off a private jet. You kind of shoot yourself in the foot and get called out for your hypocrisy. And so she knows that uh -huh. and then immediately hid behind her staff member and positioned herself the whole time yeah. the person was recording. It was so it's so embarrassing. Just own yeah. own it. Own what you have to do to to go campaign. And maybe don't be so annoying about all the other stuff. I never want to hear another fuck Bernie too is on private jets. I'm like, I never want to hear another fucking word about how I need to go vegan from anyone who flies around in a private jet. You yeah. don't ask everyone else to make sacrifices and then not make some of your own. Tall charade! And then, <laughs> and also in Capitalism Always Wins news, <sighs> Erica Badu is releasing incense that smells like her vagina. I'm, I'm surprised she didn't years ago. I, I remember going to an Erica Badu concert. She made us wait an hour uh -huh. for her to come out and I was joking, like, what is she doing? Is she like in a full mud bath and then she emerges and then they just like sage her and she gets in the right frame of mind and they do some Reiki on her and she's like, ah, nah, 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 nah. and then she's just chilling, <laughs> smoking some weed. Everybody's just standing there waiting for her. 
Like, what is the process here that you aren't ready for your show at the time you're supposed to be on? I think you probably just nailed what her what that process <laughs> is. She takes her vagina scented incense. <laughs> She's like, look out. It's not only the white ladies who's going to make money off white ladies. All these dumb white lady trends. I have I do have a female anatomy correction. Oh, oh God, Sam. <laughs> the the vagina is actually the birth canal. Sam! And the vulva is the clitoral hood with the different <laughs> flaps and folds. <laughs> you learned this watching goop, didn't you? I binged goop lab. <laughs> you binged it? Sam is like oh, the God. whitest white girl the ever. The whitest not white girl in the world. <laughs> the whitest brown girl I know. I'm the whitest brown girl. You I'm really are. Right now too. I'm your base. Your basic. <laughs> your basic. Your basic. Sam needs to have. We should start a whole other YouTube series where it's just biology <laughs> with Sam. She's like, actually, this is the folds and the flaps and the clitoral hood. Flaps and folds. Just call me Sammy Flaps and Folds. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I'm not sure that's really what you referred to as by the internet. I wasn't thinking with that one. <laughs> Sammy laps and folds. Sam's going to ha- be our spin off series. <sighs> Flaps and folds. That's gonna stick, Sam. That's gonna stick. Get fine with it. Can't unring that bell. Oh, oh man. Oh. Speaking Next. of ringing bells, Ow. touch my bells and buttons. Make sure you sign up for <laughs> Sammy's Flaps and Folds. And Sam, make sure you follow Sammy Flaps and Folds. I'm making you change your name on Twitter. Okay. Now we're into Breaking Bridget. Why liberal white women pay a lot of money to learn over dinner how they're racist. A growing number of women are paying to confront their privilege and racism at dinners that cost $2,500. That's some white girl shit right there. (laughs) That is the whitest white girl shit I've ever heard. That's whiter than a goop-scented candle burning at an ayahuasca ceremony with freaking ladies doing goat yoga behind and Sammy Flapsonfolds leading them all in the exploration of their clitoral hood. <laughs> Just so white. Yeah, can confront your privilege by spending $2,500 to talk about and be shamed for your privilege. Here's an idea. Just go donate that money somewhere. Seriously. You know, there are a lot of children who need food. $2,500 is like, that's, you could sponsor two kids for a year in another country. Uh Uh-huh. You could give it to any one of the myriad of organizations working with after-school programs. You could do so much with $2,500 other than go to an expensive dinner and have somebody dismantle your whiteness. Ugh. Sammy Flaps and Folds, got any thoughts on that privilege of yours? Brown girl privilege? Um, if you'd like to you send get... us $2,500. Oh, yeah. Send us $2,500. $2, could get you. We'll sit you down to dinner and tell you how racist you are. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> For $2,500, you can have a, a, a nice dinner with the whole dumpster fire crew. <laughs> $2,500 per person. 
<laughs> Ooh, yeah. $7,500, and you can have a dinner with the dumpster fire crew, and we can tell you how racist you are. <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> this week on Walk-In's Welcome, we had Megan Dom, author of The Problem with Everything. She is brilliant. It was a great conversation. I had my piece in Spectator magazine drop online about how we're all high schoolers now and how a mob is a mob is a mob. We also have... Lots of content going up constantly on Fetacy.com. It's a great community. It's super fun. I love it. I love going there. Thank you if you're already there and you're supporting us. We are so excited to have that growing in leaps and bounds. There's more people every day signing up, and it just feels like a family in our little gated community in the media cul-de-sac that we're trying to create. We appreciate your emails, your tips. Go to bridgesoffetacy.com for merch. We have new merch coming this week. We have new merch out. We have new merch out and more coming. Yes. And but we got some awesome new mugs. We got our Capitalism shirts. Always Wins mugs and the Verified Nobody mugs and shirts and all of it. We're- and this year is going to be fun, guys, because even though it's a little crazy and you might feel like your brain is spinning, you can always rely on us to mock it all and laugh while the world burns. We want to thank Zen Pro Audio for the beautiful mic that made me makes me sound so clear. We want to thank Better Fetacy for the research. Thank you, Sam. Follow Sammy Flaps and Folds <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. Maggie, cousin Maggie, thank you. Not online. We love you for that. Someone's got to hold the line. Touch our bells and buttons. Touch my bells and buttons. This has been your dumpster fire for the week of February 2nd to February 8th. I'm Bridget Fetacy. Now make me rich. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>